Welcome to the Who Cares Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Hedinger. Care matters. You feel better when you know somebody cares about you. And people feel better when they know you care about them. But there is so much more. Mastering caring skills equips you to engage with people around some very heavy subjects when they need care and help the most. And as people respond to you, you will be energized to realize that your care is making a difference. But most of all, when people of faith care effectively, the world is able to experience God's love and care. So we're here with stories and with leaders to talk about grief, trauma, addiction, mental illness, poverty, and more so that we can find the answer to the questions, how can we care better? What can we do to provide the best care? I'm excited to have on the podcast today a very special person, Julie Stokes. Julie is working with me on social media as it relates to best care ministry, uh, and she's really helping me there because I'm very weak at it, and hopefully she's going to help best care ministry be known far and wide. Really neat woman, and I'm anxious for you to meet her. And what she's here to talk with me about, though, is not social media, but about a very painful subject, especially at Christmas time, although all year around. She's going to talk about miscarriage and infertility. You know, at Christmas time, we hear everything about children and uh, stockings and excitement and all that. And so for Julie and her husband, Sam, there's just a twinge of pain at this time at that, that reminds us of the importance of this subject that twinges even worse this time of year than it is other times. And I just really appreciate her be- being here to share her story. And I think we can learn a lot about how to provide the best care for couples going through this uh, very difficult and perplexing situation of miscarriage and infertility. But before you hear my conversation with Julie, I want you to know that this podcast is brought to you by Best Care Ministry. For more real-life stories of care and useful resources and important organizations that care for people, go to our website, bestcareministry.com. It's also a great opportunity to get connected with the Best Care Ministry world. And you can support us financially with a one-time or a recurring gift on the donate page of our website. Please do consider making a financial donation so that we can continue to produce these podcasts and provide other valuable resources to help people thrive in their care ministry so that they're more confident in their care ministry, more people feel cared for, and so people feel God's love. Now, let's listen to my conversation with Julie about the pain of miscarriage and infertility. Julie, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. You work with me on social media, and now here we are working on the podcast together. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) So I want everybody to know that uh, we're working hard to tell everybody about Best Care Ministry. We are uh, 
We have our blog and we have our podcast. And thanks to Julie, we're developing some social media presence. So everybody hears about us. That's not what our conversation's about today, but I just need to pause for a minute and promote Best Care Ministry and let you meet Julie. She's the one helping make that happen. Anything you have to say about social media and Best Care Ministry? Yeah, I just would say to go follow us on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> you can just follow us at Best Care Ministry. And well, you can see our content and what what's going on and what we what resources we have to help people care better. And we'll keep rolling it out. It'll keep coming. Absolutely. All right. Well, Julie, here we are around Christmas time and there's the the obvious, the wonderful talk about Emmanuel, God with us, and the baby being born in a manger. So this might be an awkward time, it might be important, but today we're going to talk about the difficult subject of miscarriage and even infertility. Does Christmas stir anything up for a woman who goes through that, hearing so much about babies? Does it touch you where you hurt? Mm. I think in the same way that someone grieves a loss in the family, it's, it's a similar type of grief. You, um, it, it, it's especially strange with miscarriage because you didn't get to meet that child, but you, you miss it anyways. (laughs) Um, and so in the way that you had an expectation that your home would look a certain way at Christmas time, you know, and it, doesn't yet um for you know because you lost a child or because you just have had a hard time having them um that's that's the hard thing at the holidays and I think a lot of people can relate to that whether or not they're in this that situation you know it's it's a similar grief I think um yeah there there are a lot of similarities in that type of in that type of grief in my opinion So that introduces what we're going to talk about. And thank you for saying that. It it does show that the holidays have a little special or maybe a little bit more intense uh, touching of, of that place. I really appreciate you being here. You and Sam are friends of mine. You're young. This is still a process you're going through. So Tell us just a little bit about your story and where you and Sam are with miscarriage and infertility right now in your marriage. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sam and I have been married for almost five years. In a couple of months, we'll celebrate our five-year anniversary. And um, after about a year into our marriage, we got some difficult news from a doctor that I might have a hard time getting pregnant and uh, it might not be in the cards for us. And so we prayed and we grieved that, you know, possibility, but we still asked the Lord for children because we knew it it could still happen and the Lord could still provide that, you know, even in the face of, uh, you know, difficult news like that. Um, So about a year after that, 
we praise the Lord, we got pregnant <laughs> and we were so excited. I will never forget the night that, um, I took the test and I told Sam we're pregnant and he fit, literally jumped. <laughs> um, it, it was, it was such a blessing. We were so excited. Um, and I was heading in for my second appointment after getting pregnant to hear the heartbeat. Um, so this was in 2020. So we were in the midst of it. It was March 2020. We Sam couldn't come with, with me to my, any of my appointments because it was COVID time. And so everything was just a little different then. <laughs> um, and I was the... They were doing my ultrasound, and they said, you know, your, your baby is, you're losing your baby right now. Um, I, my miscarriage had started already. So I didn't get to hear the heartbeat that day, and um, I grieved with the nurse that was in there with me and um, went home to, to share the hard news with Sam. Um, we, we were obviously devastated. Um, because it was our miracle baby, you know, we got pregnant when we weren't supposed to. But um, we had invited our family and friends into our story so early on, we wanted to make sure everybody um, was a part of it, even in the hard things, especially in the hard things, you know, we want we didn't want to feel isolated, especially in the time where things were very easily isolated. Um, we wanted people to walk with us in it. So we shared that day with everyone that we had lost the baby that we had just celebrated, you know, that we had found out that we were having. So, um, so yeah, so, uh, since then we have not been able to get pregnant. So about three years now of, um, nothing and doctors continue the answer is always everything looks great. <laughs> everything physically looks like tip top shape now. And um, the reasons my doctor years ago had said that um, it would be difficult for me to get pregnant, that the Lord healed that actually. And we're so thankful for that. <laughs> um, so now it's just, yeah. So now we're just in the continuing weight of what the Lord could do. That's that's really intense what you just shared. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, and some people listening will not know you and Sam. I I can't picture Sam jumping. You know. To, <laughs> I know. <laughs> to, to think of his joy and to think of your excitement. Uh, you said it so well. I was right there with you and. And then to picture that, I mean, March of 2020, that's when that's when everything was hitting the fan with COVID. And that you had to yes. go alone is bad enough. But then you go expecting good news and you get mm -hmm. really bad news. Uh, I'm so sorry, Julie. I'm so sorry. And that just is a is a very sad and difficult circumstance and that you can share that with us. Thank you for letting us look into your lives. Now, the, one of the first things that jumped out to me is you and Sam decided that you would be open about this. You were open about it was going to be hard to be pregnant. 
then you were open about your good news, then you were open about your miscarriage. So I don't, I'm not saying everybody has to do it the way you did it, but how did that help you or how did that hurt you? Do you feel you did the right thing? Would you do anything different? What would you suggest to a young woman who's going through that uh, or who will be going through that? Yeah, that's a, it's a good question. I know so many people, especially after having the miscarriage um, that kind of came out of the woodwork sharing with me, you know, I, you know, that they had the same experience. They also had a miscarriage, but they never told anybody. Um, and it's heartbreaking. I, I watched so many women grieve alone and, and with that kind of news. Um, and I, I think Sam and I, we, we were so blessed with a community, um, of people that encouraged, encouraged that there is strength in community. And so we knew that with the hard things and the good things, we wanted people with us. You know, we, we, we knew that very early on and that wasn't even just in this topic. It was just in life, you know, we wanted people around us to be close with us. And so, um, even though it was very early in the pregnancy, we wanted to share that with people, you know, we wanted, we know people tend to wait, you know, they want to make sure it's, they're so far along or, you know, whatever. But, um, for us, it was, we wanted our community to be able to rejoice with us when we were rejoicing and to weep when we wept, you know, we, we, we feel like there's power in getting to do that together and allowing for our friends and family to be a part of that with us, I think was also a blessing for them. It was, didn't just bless us, you know, and, and being cared for by the, you know, from them, but it, I think it blessed them to get to care for us and in, in something like that. If there's a person listening, a husband or a wife, and they go, Oh, I need that fellowship. I need that community, but mm. I don't have it. Uh, I want to let them know they can send me an email directly to dan at bestcareministry.com. Yeah. And I will try to help them find a resource. Can I put them in touch with you? Would you be willing to talk to a mom who's going through something like that? Absolutely. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> so, yeah. We'll have this posted on our website and on our podcast and so people can respond to us if they need that community but you're also just sharing if you have that community by all means take advantage of it you would recommend yeah. that that's what works yes. best for you yeah well that's what we're there for you know that's what the church that you know i that's i'm helping a friend right now that she just had a couple, she had twins, <laughs> praise the Lord. Um, and what a blessing it is for me to get to be invited into her space and the hardship that is, you know, the, the excitement that it is, but also the challenge that it is, um, to, to have two newborns in the house. So 
I, I have found it is an incredible blessing when others invite me into their spaces too. I want to pick up there in just a minute. Uh, mm-hmm. In case I forget, remember where we were, but I, I want to insert. Something. Okay. Yes. I talk a lot about grief and loss. That's probably mm-hmm. my specialty. I talk about that more than anything else. One of the reasons is because I just feel that we as Christians sometimes don't do a good job at grieving or supporting people in grief. So we talk a lot about it and I try to define it. The other thing yeah. is I was just immersed in the grief culture of hospice. And I think it's the most common human experience. So I talk about it all the time. All that to say mm-hmm. this, grief comes from any loss mm-hmm. and miscarriage is a profound loss and the mm-hmm. grief is real. And you mentioned it very briefly at the beginning that it's even there at Christmas time when you realize your house is not the way you want it to be, you know, you, mm-hmm. and, and I just want to underscore that miscarriage is a cause for grief. And if anybody thinks that a woman ought to just get over it, or if a husband thinks that what's wrong with my wife that she's so distraught over this, the grief is real. The loss is real. And we need to treat the grief of miscarriage and validate that pain and validate that woman. How do you respond to that? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's it is hard to explain to somebody that has not quite experienced it. Um because, you know, something I even heard from people is like, well, you didn't you didn't even meet the baby, you know? It's like, I know, but my heart hurts for it, you know? Um and, and my husband and I both grieved that loss in a very different way. I mean, for me, there was extreme physical changes I, you know, that I experienced that my body knew something happened. You know, it, it's, I felt that loss in a very real and tangible way. And while my husband was watching it, he didn't quite feel it in the same exact way. So it is, it is, it is hard. I mean, it's, it is not easy. And I guess what I would say is just, just to, um, it's in caring for somebody that has experienced that loss, um, a woman that is dealing with it, she may not be able to fully explain what it is or why, you know, or why I think what we, are called to do is to listen and just to have compassion. You know, it's like there's obvious hurt happening here. Um, and even understanding that at the, at a very basic level, it's just something that shouldn't have happened, right? Like we know as Christians that there are things in this world, there, there's injustice, there are, there are terrible things that happen that shouldn't happen. And you know, inside of yourself, like this shouldn't have happened. And it's because we're yearning for that perfect reconciliation, right. With our God and, and losing a child like that, it, you just, you know, inside of yourself, this shouldn't have happened. 
it was this baby was too young but you know what the lord i i still i trust the lord through that you know i trust that this was in his timing and the way he would have you know have it go but all that to say um a loss is a loss and 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 caring for somebody that has that is grieving it um you might need to have a little patience, <laughs> you know, you might not be able to quite understand or feel it the same way, but, um, patience goes a long way. So you're saying the grief is real. It's very real. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What did people do that helped you most? Cause that's, a, that's the purpose of this podcast to yes. help people provide the best care. So what did people mm-hmm. do that helped you the most? And then after you answer that question, I'll ask you what did people do that helped you the least? So let's start with what did people do that helped you mm-hmm. the most when you were grieving? <clears throat> well, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll share two specific examples. Um, the first was, and might be slightly unique to the situation we were in of it being COVID time. Um, but I think also kind of points to how community can be helpful. Um, so we had friends that lived very close by to us and, it was maybe a few days after the miscarriage. I was starting, I was starting to feel a little bit better physically. And so, um, they had invited us to come spend time with them, which during COVID was very taboo at the time to go to somebody else's house, but we needed, we needed people. So we went and, um, I remember just, I was so tired physically and emotionally, um, that tears just came really easily <laughs> at that time. Um, and my, our, my friend Meg, she just gave me a hug and it was, it was just such a simple thing. She didn't say anything miraculous. I think she did say a prayer for me. Um, but just the physical touch was so significant at that time. Um, when you weren't getting to be around a lot of loved ones, in that, you know, during that season, um, it was, it was simple, but it was, it meant everything and it was exactly what I needed. Um, the other example is my sister-in-law. She, um, is currently pregnant with her sixth baby, praise the Lord. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> um, I guess. As, <laughs> yes. Uh, she, at the time I think was maybe pregnant with her fourth, uh, when this happened. But I remember she found out she was pregnant soon after we had our miscarriage and she took me aside to tell me that she was expecting and to give, and she gave me room to respond in the way that I needed to in that moment, because it was still so fresh for me. Um, I did, I cried. I mean, I was so, I was so happy for her and also at the same time hurting so deeply that, um, you know, I, 
I had lost that, you know? And she was so understanding of that and of the need to, to give me space to, to respond as I needed to. I think that's just the best way of saying it. Um, I, I was so thankful for that. And, and she invited me into her world and, you know, I, uh, I became so attached to those nieces and nephews because she, she invited me into that space. You know, she, she left it open. She said, we, we want you around as much as you want to be, but in the time that you need to, you know, it was, it was very, she was very understanding and, (laughs) um, very gracious. And I, I think that, um, meant so much to me at the time. Uh, still does. <laughs> she so, such a friend. Um, so yeah, so I think those are two really specific examples. One is, yeah. So, and I think really what they both point to is, is presence, just being present with, you know, it's not that you have to say anything re- remarkable. Um, but I just, we needed people. We just needed to not be alone, you know? Um, and then, and then the other is, is understanding, you know, kind of what we, what I was saying earlier about recognizing that a loss has happened and giving space for that person to, to express that grief. Um, I think those are both very, really helpful things for me. You said it so well. Uh, I, I hope people, I hope people really heard it the way you said it, because I think that can be very helpful to people. And I, I love the way they treated you. Uh, so open and yet not pushy, you know. And, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcomed you into their life if you wanted to, but you didn't have to, you know. you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just it sounds wonderful the way they treated you, and I'm, I'm so glad you had that, mm-hmm. and I want to applaud them for their efforts. What did anybody do that didn't help you or that made the pain worse was there anything like that that happened mm-hmm. yes um I'll give two examples in this one too <laughs> the first is um I had a so I have another dear friend um she also found out she was pregnant around the same time. Um, at my age, it seems like that's just <laughs> kind of the season you're in is everybody's having babies, which is great. Um, but she, she responded very differently than my sister-in-law. Her, her decision was to, to stay away from me. She, she, in her mind, this, the way she saw it was she wanted to give me space. She didn't want me, she didn't want me to feel bad that she was getting to have something that I lost. Um, and so the way she handled it was she just avoided me. <laughs> she didn't, she stopped talking to me. She stopped coming close to me. She just, she decided not to be around me. <laughs> and, and I, that was such a, a hurtful thing. Um, I felt, I felt like my friend left me and I know her intention was, you know, to be kind and to give me space. 
Um, but she didn't know how to communicate that. <clears throat> so a few months after of, of her avoiding me and not, you know, not talking to me, I finally approached her about it and just said, what's going on? <laughs> what's the deal here? And she, she shared with me just the grief that she felt. I mean, she, she was so sad for our loss and, um, she didn't want it to make it worse. And, um, so very unintentionally, but she, in, in avoiding me and not being my friend, <laughs> she did. And it, and it was really hurtful. So, uh, yeah, so that's one example. The other is, um, there's very, very, very sweet older women in our church at the time that were so kind. And I loved that they often wanted to share stories of God's faithfulness. And I'm, I am so thankful for that. Um, in the season of grief, one of the hardest things to hear was, oh, well, I know so-and-so who they, they waited seven years and then all of a sudden they just had a baby. <laughs> like, well, that's very nice for so-and-so, but that may not happen for me or, you know, I mean, it just, it was just such an interesting thing. It's like, I know your intention is to make me feel better, but all I really want to do is say, well, great. They got a baby. Good for them. You know, I, which sounds probably terrible, but it was, it was just, that was a hard thing to hear. But it was often one of the things that people would go to is like pointing to an example of somebody else that did get what we're waiting for. Um, not not the most helpful in that season. <laughs> that that sounds typical, though. Uh, it yeah. Susan yeah. and I we had a miscarriage be, between our boys, and mm. and I've got to admit I said some stupid things to Susan. One of the reasons I think I have uh, a real feeling of urgency about grief and grieving is. I'm typical in making all of the dumb mistakes. I've made so many of them in my life. And mm. when Susan lost the baby, she was really distraught like you were. And I just mm -hmm. kept thinking, well, when are you going to get over this? Or, well, we can try again. Or, yes. And, yeah. and then we would hear that from other people too. They'd say things mm -hmm. like, well, you're young, you know, you. Yeah, you know, you've got time. Yeah, mm -hmm. you've got time. And the other thing we heard is, well, you know, sometimes that's God's way of taking a baby that had something wrong with it, you know, and uh, it might be a blessing in disguise. And they just were not helpful statements. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I think, you know, one of the lessons we want to teach today and one of the things that's coming through loud and clear with you that comes through everybody I talk to on grief and grieving and loss is what we want to do when we're helping a grieving person is just listen to them in their circumstance and listen to their pain. The grieving person doesn't need to be made to feel better. The grieving person mm -hmm. needs to feel that they have been heard that somebody has listened to their pain and validated them in it. That's all they need at that time. Mm -hmm. And when we focus on a person and listen to them and, and pay attention to them, 
that's when we're most helpful. And I would say too, to husbands, that's the way we help our wives. We're in a different place than they are. And don't be as bad as I was. Uh, (laughs) Listen to your wife, validate her grief, wrap your arms around her. And if you can cry with her when she cries and let her know you are sad that you both went through a loss and that uh, her pain is valid. I, I don't think I did that very well at that time. And uh, mm. I, I mean, I don't think I was a, a terrible guy about it, but I was not as good as I could have been. And I've just talked to other men through the years that also did not do a, a really good job. So I'm just talking to the guys there as a guy. Uh, so you mm-hmm. don't have to tell the guys, <laughs> but, uh, the, the good kind of help, uh, was wonderful. The bad kind of help is pretty normal. And, uh, yeah. Uh, so, well, how, how are you and, and Sam doing now? Uh, how, uh, thank you again for, for being open and sharing today and, uh, you know, what, what's going on with you now? Well, now we continue to pray. Okay. <laughs> we, we continue to wait. I mean, uh, struggling with infertility is a waiting game. It, it's just, you know, each month you wonder, could this be the time? Um, and now for everybody, it's a little different because your circumstances or the reasons for struggling with it may be different. Um, for us, we don't have any other answer other than the Lord just hasn't hasn't answered that prayer. And, um, and it may be that it's through other means, you know, we, we pray about maybe a possible adoption or, you know, we don't know. We don't know how he will provide for family. If he will provide for a fam- for us to have a family. Um, but we trust often what we come back to is trusting in his goodness and faithfulness and that, um, what we are meant to do is to be faithful with what we have been given and with, with where we are. And so, um, so that's kind of where we are right now. You know, it's, it's a constant, just laying it before him, sharing with him our desire and trusting that he, um, is who he says he is, that he is our good father that loves us and, um, we'll answer our prayer in the way that he sees fit when he sees fit. (laughs) Um, it's not, it isn't always the most, like a lot of things, probably it's, it's not this glamorous thing, you know, it is, it's very, uh, it's simple. Um, but that's just kind of the season where we're in with it. And, um, yeah, I'm thankful for any opportunity I have to get to share with another woman that's struggling similarly, because it is, it does feel like, I think most women that are struggling with fertility, um, the challenge is to feel like you are failing in some way. This is something you're supposed to be able to do. This is what your body was created for. So if it's not doing it, (laughs) then are you failing in some way? And that's just not, it's not the way to see it at all. And so, um, 
So that's the, yeah, like I said, the truth that I have to keep coming back to is God is good and loving and he hears our prayers and um, we just need to trust him when he answers in the way that he thinks, you know, in the way that he sees fit to answer that, that prayer for us. The way you say that makes such good sense to me because you were saying that in pain. You're not denying your pain. Mm-hmm. You're not saying it makes you feel all better and makes all the questions go away. <laughs> you you are yeah. confessing the pain. You are admitting to the pain, and you're trusting the Lord simultaneously. And that's a beautiful combination. Uh, when when Christians seem to be hyper spiritual and claim all the victories and almost mm-hmm. deny the pain, that seems more like denial to me. But you're admitting the yeah. pain talking about the difficulty and yet trusting at the same time. Uh, yep. Wonderfully encouraging. Are the, are the most helpful people uh, other women who are going through the same thing, other couples going through the same thing? Mm. I mean, how, how, do, how do we provide the best care for people struggling with infertility? I suppose it's also a rather small circle you want to really involve in that conversation for the most part. I don't know. Tell mm. me. <laughs> yeah <clears throat> you know I have had some very dear friends um that you know, we had a, a couple that we were very close to um at our at our old church in Atlanta that um was going through the same thing that we were going through they were struggling and had been struggling for many years to have a child and we thankfully got to um, celebrate with them with the birth of their little boy last year. Um, and, but they struggled through it too. And it was, there was such a comfort (laughs) to having a couple to share that with. Um, but I will say there have been so many, um, other people in our circles from all kinds of situations, you know, uh, people that are have you know have kids that are grown and are retired, or um, people that are in the same age as us that have many kids in their home. I mean, I think the care has less to do about the circumstance you're in and more to do with the way that you are are caring for that you know for the person. Um, I. I would, yeah, I, I, I would always still go back to, you know, as far as the, how many people you want to share it with, I, I think it is, it, in, you know, if you don't have that community and you're wanting to grow that community, sharing the thing that you're struggling through can be a really wonderful way. And I know it's a scary way, but a wonderful way to build that community is to give people an opportunity to care for you and that hurt. Um, I know it's hard, but like I said, at the very beginning of our conversation, it was a blessing to me and has continued to be a blessing. The more that I have shared our story and the way that we've struggled through these things. Correct me if I'm wrong. But it sounds like the best thing to do is be open, mm-hmm. admit that it's a painful struggle, that there is grief mm-hmm. and loss, 
And some people are going to get it right when they're caring for you. And some people are going to get it wrong. So maybe just expect that. Yes. <laughs> and that's part of the struggle. But as you're open, you will find those people who will say the right things, who will offer the right hugs, mm-hmm. who will listen to you and validate your pain. And that will be memorable and and help you keep moving. Mm-hmm. Abs- yes, definitely. I completely agree with, with what you're saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Julie, I thank you for sharing your story today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. I think this story is far from finished, and so I hope that uh, you and I can get back on here in the future and, and talk some more. Talk about how you're doing, talk about what you're learning, talk about ways we can help others. I want to emphasize again, if somebody needs to talk to Julie, Uh, Just shoot me an email uh, and keep an eye peeled for our social media posts and other things. You might find ways to uh, do that as well. But you can just shoot me an email at dan at bestcareministry.com. And I'll, uh, I'll pass the message along to Julie and we'll see where it goes from there. We know it's a very difficult situation. We... uh, we, we just want to say to anybody listening that we, we recognize that, that this is a hard time. We pray God be close to you, God help you, uh, especially here at Christmas time, which may just touch that painful spot in your soul a little bit more even than the rest of the year, even though we know it's a painful spot that, that lingers all year round. Uh, mm-hmm. We thank people for listening today i thank you again for sharing your story look forward to talking more in the future yeah thank you so much i really appreciate the opportunity (laughs) thanks julie for being so open and sharing your story especially while the lord is still writing it in your life I really appreciate it, and I think many people will uh, be blessed by you. And I salute, too, your openness and Sam's openness and trusting and letting other people into your lives. I hope other people will follow your example. They'll be better for it. Well, there are some other people I need to thank, too, that helped produce and make this podcast possible. Zach Harder wrote and performed the opening music, Jim Hedinger's composition, titled In the Midst of the Storm, is our closing song. And it gives us an opportunity. We play it for two whole minutes so that you can sit and think about what you just heard and do a little bit of self-care, of quiet introspection. Andrew Hedinger edited and published this podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Best Care Ministry. Please help us grow. Subscribe rate, say positive things about it, share it with people so that we can spread the word and more people hear about important subjects related to care ministry and caring for other people so that we can all provide the best possible care. And visit our website, bestcareministry.com, for many more real-life stories, resources, and organizations that provide specialized care. Best Care Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation. Please consider making a donation so that we can reach more people and offer 
more resources so that people feel God's love. Thanks so much for listening today. We really appreciate you being here. And now, would you take two minutes for self-care? Be still, be quiet, and listen to the calming music of Jim Hedinger. See what you hear.